How do we make and multiply disciples around the block and around the world? With host Doug Lucas of Team Expansion, Lee Wood of One Body Church, John Hirima of Big Life, Roger Shull of E3 Partners, and special guests from around the world, we'll explore how believers can come together to make more disciples. Welcome to the More Disciples Podcast. All right. Another episode of the More Disciples Podcast. Actually, the last episode of the season. For now, I am one of the co-hosts here, Roger Scholl, along with Lee Wood. It's great to be here. John Harima. Hey, everyone. And Doug Lucas. <laughs> and we have no guests today because, as we've done in the past, we're just going to finish up the season by trying to recount what has happened and to talk about what was most impactful for us. So I'm going to try to do the best I can to remember some of our guests. Roger, in a quick way we, have the, we have the core four, though, man. We've had so many different co-hosts at different times, which is cool. I know. But we're all four together for the season finale. So that's we awesome. We did it. It is so awesome. Yeah, we've had so many guest hosts. I mean, Guy and Zach Duke, they basically should be here right now to re- recap it with us. But... <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna. You guys can hop in, but I'm gonna try to recount uh, some of our guests. So it, I was impressed by the diverse array of people that we had on to talk about movements and the different perspectives that we we got that all went to the same task of God's mission. So we had a lot of different pastors uh, who are pursuing different avenues. Everyone from Britton Smith talking about pastor to pioneer to people like Lou Constantino, who maybe just needs to do. He just said, "I want to do it myself," and going to do it. To people like Ron Johnson or Metzger, Jeff Metzger, who is multiplying through his church while maintaining some of the traditional structures as well. To Brent Hoffman, Chris Galanos, who talked about trying to move their entire church uh, towards disciple-making movements. So we had them. Then we have people who can see movement practices at such a high level or just on the world stage. People like Stan Parks, Curtis Sargent, uh, Jeff S. as well. He just asked me about some security concerns, so I'll just leave it at Jeff S. And then we just had a lot of different perspectives on the different facets of how disciple-making movements can be played out. People like Jay Fechtel in business, Michael Sove, prayer, Trey Nine, Bobby Herring in the low-income communities. We had people like Amanda Dynan and Savannah Elder, who kind of gave us a perspective of really being reborn in Christ into a movement work. And I'm just missing so many people. I mean, we had the entire 2414 meetings. We had Rick Warren on here. We had Zach Duke and Zach Medlock. We had so many people on here that just could share their perspectives and their hearts. And man, I I, I feel like I've been talking a lot. So I, so when do you guys take up the mantle? What stuck out to you from the season? What are some overarching themes what interviews impacted you guys? Like, let's talk about it. So one thing that you just said is I'll point out, we had a lot of people with a lot of diversity, right? But all those people were in different places pursuing the same thing. Some for a long period of time, faithful, willing to spend and be spent. Others pretty newer, like Savannah, amazing. Brand new, lost a laborer basically, you know, amazing. But I think when we talk about, um, we want to see every person, every people, every place, right? We had a broad representation from old to young, from rich to poor, to married to single. I think we had a kingdom representation of what our podcast is actually all about. Even with us as hosts, 
of more disciples. So that just blesses me. It blesses me and all those different perspectives, um, pursuing that in love and unity as disciples in churches. So just couldn't be more excited or energized than I am right now. Just great, great overflowing joy. Yeah, I, I just want to add, you know, one it's been an honor to be on here with you guys. And I'm, I'm not just saying that. I, I mean, I truly mean that. I, it's been an, um, a learning experience just to, to hear and see your hearts uh, as we go through each week in the episodes and and the things that uh, the Lord just gets you excited about, got me excited. But the other thing, going back to Lee's uh, comment about all four of us being here on the same podcast to conclude it this season is first of all thanks to uh zach and guy and all the other people who came in yeah, and, and were those hosts that filled in when we couldn't be there but but you know isn't that a badge of honor that we had to have so many co-hosts because the rest of us were out doing the stuff that's actually a great problem to have i think that you know if you can't make a podcast because you actually are making disciples who are making disciples so just congratulations to all you guys because i think we've seen throughout this season the people that you have poured into who are making kingdom impact around the world. It is fun. I, I've got them all written here on my whiteboard. So if you see me leaning back and looking like this, it's because it is a big list. I don't think that's something that we can glory in. I think it's a tribute to the fact that this thing is catching on. Amen. And when we start to ask, well, where is this happening? Who's doing this? It is getting to be a huge list now, just in one season. And I think about some of the multiplication that's happening I'm looking here at just one of the teams we interviewed, the team that's doing uh, media to movement strategies out of Europe. And I think they're now working in 10 different countries. And I just saw a report from them just a couple of weeks ago. It is like literally hundreds of thousands of people in Europe who are not just seeing part of their media to movement campaign, but are going and clicking and then arranging an appointment and then meeting around a cafe table along some quiet street in Paris to be able to talk to somebody about Jesus. And then, boy, last episode, Savannah, I'm still just, I am still just amazed at that uh, because of the fact that we're each trying to implement this in our lives. I'm thinking about this young Muslim man, I won't name him, uh, we'll call him uh, Muhammad, you know, but uh, he, he came to our group. Uh, he he was interested. He finally decided, I need to do this. He left behind all of his past. He accepted Christ. He became a strong believer. He was baptized. He began living it. And then he met with his family. They all made fun of him. They said they were going to disown him. And he fell away. He went back into Islam. And when things like that happen, I can kind of think, oh my goodness, I'm a failure. You know, this is this is a miserable failure in my life right now in my world. And then I see, and I'm, I'm affected by uh, Savannah and the fact that she's now multiplied in other generations. Roger, well done. I, I just think about that. I think this gives me hope. If anything, if anything could communicate to our listeners and our viewers this season that this has potential, it should be the Savannah episode. This gives me hope. I, I shouldn't be too bummed out about my friend that I called Muhammad, because I should realize there is a Savannah out there that's restless and waiting and longing. And Roger, I just got to say hats off. That, to me, that episode takes the cake. Well, all glory to God, because if you listen to that episode, I hope you guys do, you know, you'll know that I <laughs> I was actively trying to 
convince my wife Sarah to <laughs> to not try to pursue Savannah in relationship with the Lord had other plans and he keeps on working. But I, I think I think it is also as we look at the diverse array of people who come on, it really shows that it is got it got it working mm-hmm. around the world and that we can't control it, we can't contain it, we can just be a part of it. Some of the ones that were most impactful for me are the ones that we had with people who are pastors currently and and trying to implement this because I've expressed on the podcast a few times that I just, I found a weak suit on how to talk to pastors about uh, movement work. And even people who have just been a believers a long time, I I don't, I don't know why I'm so bad at it, but (laughs) I feel like I'm really bad at it. And so I think hearing people with such humility talk about what God's doing, like Lou Constantino, like how he has only been trying to do this for a few months, disciple making movements. I, I, I mean, he's been in ministry for a long time and how he said that he had people from his church who said like, why are you going making disciples? And when you're supposed to be spending time with us and I would, I don't know how I would react, but I know I wouldn't say what he said, where he said, you know what? These people are right. Like I, they are, have hired me. I'm their pastor. Like this is what I need to be doing. So he said, I'm going to use my free time to make disciples, not my work time. And just that humility to do it. And just saying, I'm doing this because I love Jesus, not because I'm paid to do it, you know? And then similarly with Ron Johnson, how uh, he said that the first people he started with when COVID hit was to learn about disciple making movements, but then to train his staff and that they can maintain the same structures that they already had in the same worship service and stuff like that. Like I think he even said they're purchasing another campus or building for a few million dollars while also they had like a hundred groups that had multiplied. And so I think that's a testimony to a lot of people about one model uh, that can happen. So I, I was, I was really impacted by that. And also I was struck by the number of passes we had on that their story with getting involved in movements was COVID happened. And I think that, it just shows the long-term positive effects of how God used that to stir up in people's hearts to look at maybe a different way. And it led to more people coming to Christ and making disciples and being disciples who make disciples and encourage them to do that as well. And I, because we can even say that this podcast, largely the reason that a lot of us had time and weren't traveling so much is because COVID hindered the flights, you know? And so we had time to meet every week to have guests and, and do a podcast. So I think, Praise the Lord for how he works in, in all different ways. So one of those episodes, it's interesting that you mentioned that we had Mary Roberts on, right? Mm-hmm. And how God uses crisis, like in Joseph, Genesis 50, he actually uses crisis, what's meant for evil, for good, and crisis response as a means of furthering movement. So that stood out just when you shared Ones that stood out to me just because I'm I'm sentimental is when we had Curtis back on, right? Because Curtis is the person that initially poured into me. I can't get over the fact that I was like Savannah, lost, an orphan, and him being willing to pour into me and see the increase that God has given that way. Even being able to be on as a co-host relationally, like with John Harriman, mm-hmm. has great meaning for me. And then the other one, a massive one that stood out for me was Stan Parks. Just that same generational faithfulness yeah. from father into sons right. to the nations mm-hmm. right. and really the history lesson yeah. sort of of that, that God is built, has and will continue to build his church and multiply that generationally to the nations 
um, till every tribe, nation, language, and tongue has been reached. So um, Stan Parks stood out that way and encourages me because I could actually look back and see what God has done and is doing and how that's played out even in my own life and the work from my household, from Curtis pouring into us, and even to this podcast being, that's all Jesus. And it um, it just blesses it just blesses me like the whole season, because if we can take a step back and look at the tapestry of that and see what God's doing, it's amazing. And people like Curtis yeah. and Stan Parks, they can give such a high level yeah. view of what God is doing around That's the right. globe movements. I know that envisions me so much. You know, I love talking about the one community and like getting into the nitty gritty there, but just hearing about like all that's happening around the world, I'm like, go yeah. God, like this is awesome. Yeah, I agree. You know, obviously Curtis and Stan and Jeff S, you know, the wisdom they Amen. bring uh, every time they're on the episodes that, you know, you, you could do that all day long. I think my biggest regret is uh, when Stan was on is when the bombing in Kabul happened and I had to jump off. So I actually missed that one because I was really looking forward to that. I got to listen to it though. I'm mad and full of wisdom. But I think uh, I agree with Doug. Like I think my favorite one so far, and maybe because the most recent was Savannah, knocked my socks off. You know, here's a person who doesn't have all the answers, brand new believer, but just Amen. does it and learns along the way. You know, I, th- I think so many times we make excuses that we have to have the answers. She's proof that uh, the Lord's moving and, and alive and well and, and just, you know, shining through her life. Yeah, you know, Dave Merritt. Amen. Just another example of doing it at home, but also yeah. doing it abroad in some really difficult areas. And despite some unbelievable yeah. challenges, gets up every day, does it, brings it. And, um, you know, the Lord shows up and does amazing things. And then I agree with you, Roger, some of the pastors like Brenton Smith, I mean, just the way he so elegantly talked about his struggles and just the things he was going through as a senior pastor and trying to figure out how to make movements work and just being so transparent. I mean, those things had huge impact. Yeah, that transparency of Brenton where like it, he actually like broke like inside yeah. of the podcast and that's not there's no performance inside of there. And then with Savannah, which I, I think we like if people, it's most recent, but what's beautiful about it, even not like imperfectly perfect, but think about like, man, when we started the podcast, Roger wasn't married. Okay. <laughs> Roger is now married. Okay. And expecting twins. And here's yeah. their disciple as image bears, a disciple and a church of churches oh, in our co-host. Like God did that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, like how encouraging is that? It's happening before our very eyes. It's amazing Sarah would even have him. I mean, that's amazing. That's a miracle on the podcast. We're going to say, hey, God used the podcast, man, for for Roger to get married and have children. Way to go, God. (laughs) You know, guys, I I think we ought to say thanks. A big thanks to all the people that have taken part. I'm looking at a big list here. We haven't even named them all yet. Looking at a big list here on my board, and I'm thinking we ought to say thanks to all these people because they don't even get an Amazon gift card. I mean, we don't give them anything, and they do this just because mm-hmm. they want Amen. They want their fruit to go on. I also wanted to mention that I am so thankful for Carla and JC and Brandon. They work behind the scenes. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Carla, None of this would happen yeah, without know, them. Exactly. Man. Carla is, of course, producing things. She's trying to arrange appointments and get people to give us the time of day. <laughs> no, seriously, but they are very kind to come. And she's arranging all the schedules. She's talking to them in advance and trying to help them understand the way this works. 
And then Brandon is taking all of this chaos and trying to turn it into something that we can actually put on YouTube or in podcasts, you know, we're doing the tech side. And then JC takes it and tries to elevate it out to the world. And those three as a team, we got to say thanks to them. I also yeah, want to say thanks to the other formats at moredisciples.com at the website that we try to utilize to get this message out. There's this podcast and that's one format. And then there's kind of a, a sister to this, which is called Multiply Us. And it is a quarterly meeting rather than most of these podcasts released weekly. Multiply Us is quarterly. It uses the Zoom format instead of this uh, podcast webinar, whatever you want to call this format. And the reason we use Zoom with the Multiply Us conferences quarterly is because we want to be able to break people up into breakout groups so they can interact live with the guests. And every quarter we have four or five or six presenters and then we send them out into breakout rooms and the participants can choose. They get to select which breakout room. After they listen and they say, oh, I think she was the most interesting, they can choose which breakout room to go to. And then it's an intimate setting, just maybe a dozen people in the breakout room with that presenter. So it's a little bit different format. It's just quarterly and it changes time and it's live. Rather than being a podcast like this, which is recorded, we do those Multiply Us events live, but they are recorded so you can go back and watch what happened. You just don't get the breakout rooms. So you go to multiplyus.com, but that is actually a subdomain of more disciples. There's the 30-day challenge, which is where one person can sign up to get an automated sequence of emails over the course of 30 days. And now in the latest uh, uh, realization of that 30-day challenge, every single day you're sent an email with an embedded video from the Zume course, thanks to the people at Zume that they're willing to partner with us like this. And you're actually working your way through the entire course by doing the 30-day challenge, except you're doing it one nugget at a time. And most of the nuggets are just 15 minutes a day, but you're stretching it out over 30 days instead of 10 Zume lessons. And then the final manifestation of that is a thing called T-Groups uh, that, that allows you to download a 25-page handout with a schedule and lots of links in a PDF, and you just read through this and do it yourself. So that's something you don't even have to go to YouTube to, to watch it. You're basically using a handout with a PDF and a bunch of links, and you're trying to learn to do this by, by actually doing it. All of those are found under the big umbrella of more disciples. Those are all kind of going gangbusters forward too. And this is one of those. So that's been fun to see that take off as well. One cool thing out of that, Doug, that you just said is um, I've been on a number of those yep. multiply us yep. things and a relationship that came out of there uh, was with a guy in Alabama named Tyler Island really? that I had never met before, right? That is completely a part of the Southeast region now in an active way of 24 wow. to 14. That's amazing. So there are so many things that the Lord is doing, sort of like the duck's legs yep. under the water, where he's crossing over geography, but it's relational, not organizational, because we're sharing 
with one another. We're doing Acts chapter two in virtual spaces intentionally with one another with modern tools. But so we're doing that virtually and as boots on the ground, as disciples in churches, house to house, city to city, nation to nation. And I think that's actually with our brothers and sisters that have graciously that we're working together with. And in this season, we're able to sort of articulate and show that. And so much of these things are caught, not taught. Mm -hmm. Training is great. Tools are great. But intimacy with Jesus and the Father with one another, we've been able to do that in virtual spaces as sort of a model. And that's one of the things that I'm most thankful for about the podcast is freely received, freely give. And so it's brought me great joy. I'd just like to acknowledge um, you, Roger, you, Doug, you, John, all the co-hosts, the joy of that, how blessed it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. No labels, no logos, no egos. Jesus is Mm -hmm. king. And we're getting to do that with one another. So, And we got to do that with all of our guests as well. And that's really what it is, is Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is our master. He's the true vine. And we're just getting to do that, representing people and places, I think, in obedience to him. We're doing the stuff, John Harima, and we're getting to see the magic. True. true. Yeah. Well, I I think, yeah, I think I've really been blessed by you guys as well and blessed by even the interactions with our audience that I have had. Because I know, Doug, you're mentioning all those platforms you know, Curtis Sargent, I think he I think he was actually the last episode um, that was released uh, that he said that with even Zoom, it's like getting from virtual to like in person. is so essential. And so we don't want to do this and just leave it here, but actually get to like boots on the ground making disciples. Amen. But one thing that actually I don't know if I already talked about this in the podcast, but through uh, different circumstances, I guess we, me and my wife got connected to some students at Liberty University and they mentioned like, yeah, we've been listening to your podcast, like more disciples and have some questions and they got connected to us through different ways, but it led to us just inviting them down to our home and they kept on inviting more people. So I think we ended up having like five or six people in our home. It's a two bedroom house. And one of them is just for me and my (laughs) wife. So (laughs) it was packed, but college students don't care. And just, it was such a blessing. Shout out to Liberty university students. If they're listening to this, you guys are such a blessing to uh, me and my wife and and our network. And hopefully we are blessing you guys, you know, too. That was, that was awesome. I think. And just wanting to see that more and more, of people getting connected in in the real world, you could say, and doing it, making disciples. Amen. That's awesome. Same same kind of story. We had a bunch of uh, college students show up uh, at our office a few weeks ago during spring break because they've been listening to the, uh, right. the podcast as well and I guess saw the sign or whatever, but... <laughs> Anyway, uh, it was really cool to meet some young people who are, you know, listening to these types of things and then actually practicing it. And I think that's the thing. You know, when you go back and listen to these and watch these, you know, we always put the links in for the different tools, whether that's Zoom or whatever. And it would be heartbreaking if people didn't practice it. You know, it's like watching a workout <laughs> video and never doing it. You know, but to have these links and uh, to have the opportunities to go out and actually do it. And so, uh, just encourage everybody to 
to use these tools that have been offered throughout the season. Well, that brings to, uh, it to reality, John. And thank you and Roger, you and Lee, because you guys don't get paid and I don't, and I don't get paid anything for this either. Thank you guys for the labor of love that you do. I really am identifying John with what you just said. I'm, I mean, there is a guy that we've been working with and uh, I, I am involved in three, well now really just two, but three groups a week. Uh, uh, one of the guys that's been coming, I've been trying to help him learn to facilitate groups so he can start his own. And it's it's just really been hard for him, frankly. I think he's kind of shy and he's sort of afraid. And last night he said, okay, next week, I'm, I'm going to do it. This labor that we're all in is sometimes incremental. It just takes its space one increment at a time. But some of the people on this podcast, I just respect so much because their incremental labor began multiplying and finally became like, what did, what did Curtis happen in the movement that he started? Was it half a million people? And I think about that, my goodness, you know, if, what if you have to have a million people in your movement to get into heaven? I mean, I am so lost, you know, that just think Curtis, one guy, you know, half million people come to Christ because of his willingness to parachute down on that Island with Deb. But yet I'm still trying to get this one guy to be able to lead a group just one group of four people trying to get him to facilitate it. It's like the kingdom of God is made up of all kinds of us. And yeah, there was a pastor uh, five or six years ago. He said to me, who's doing this, Doug? And in, in part, <laughs> a lot of what I do in life is meant to look back at him and say, see, there are people doing this. Uh, he's, he's the guy, the voice inside my head to say, this is bearing fruit. I mean, the kingdom of God is coming like a freight train in all of these people's lives. And for me, it's like one increment of time. Can I get this one guy to start facilitating a three-thirds group? You know, it's just a whole, to me, a whole spectrum of stuff that we've seen this season. Yeah, I'd like to speak to that, though, a little bit, though, Doug, too. So I, I joke a lot with you. <laughs> But um, you your faithfulness, <laughs> yeah, particularly at your expense, but your faithfulness as just that humility of all that, in a, not, not all that in a bag of chips. But I'd like to say this. I know I'm not sure if people get the view of the larger fractal that that's the we you with that one guy, but that makes up the we nobody. We don't see it as a part of the whole. And that, that largest fractal that Jesus is doing through your faithfulness and through Roger's faithfulness, it's not about fruitfulness. It's about faithfulness at that level of depth. That is the whole that I think we're attempting to both obey and to model and to assist for others through this podcast as a means. And we give God the glory for that. So John, you know, is not to our name, but to thy name be the glory, that the glory of God may cover the earth as the water covers the sea. We're getting that to do do that with one another. And Savannah articulated it in the last part. What's your greatest joy? This is my joy. I get to be a part of that with one another, with brothers and sisters. And we're able to shout that from the, from the rooftops, right, yeah. John? We get to do that with one another. That's out of my belly flows rivers of water because of that. So I just want to say thank you for that, Doug. You've been um, chunking away at faithfulness. <sighs> 
not to make fun of you, but for a long time. Okay. I mean, like that your hair is that color for a reason. Okay. So that's my way of saying I'm, I'm grateful, man. You know, that's my left-handed compliment of that, man. So way to go, dude. Well, I love as we are getting towards the end of our podcast time, maybe I'd love for us to talk about like what's next for the podcast and maybe for us individually. Cause I think I mentioned to mentioned it before that kind of what allowed a lot of us to meet on this podcast as hosts is that we weren't flying around the world like normal because of COVID, but now places are opening up. And so meeting every single week to record a podcast presents more challenges. And so maybe we could talk about what our audience can expect to, about when new episodes would release, but also maybe we can also talk personally about what's next for us in our lives and ministry uh, as well. So I, I can lead out a little bit on that and try to go <laughs> loose in brevity. So with the podcast is like developing a library of these resources with all the very different people that is a library. Like we have it. There's tremendous value in that. So doing that on a weekly basis is going to be more challenging because of those things. So being able to um, knock out a bunch of those at one time and time release them, um, not only in a more disciple stream, but another podcast that we already have going to some degree, love one another. So actually birthing more of these that can cross pollinate and be, so it's like sowing seed and encouraging and strengthening and being able to do those in virtual spaces, but also physically that people can connect, communicate and collaborate. Personally, on my side, it's going to get really busy. Um, we're doing that on the ground in Tampa, city to city with over 25 cities represented from San Francisco to New York to Michigan, to, to Miami, um, we're doing that on the ground to actually connect, communicate, collaborate city to city, multiplying disciples and churches. In the fall, we have the national um, 2414 representing the United States and Canada in Houston, Texas, hosted by Woods Edge Church, where Guy is the pastor of movements there, Guy Kasky. That's going to be October 27th, 28th, and 29th. And it's going to be, as far as we know, the first um, DMM, CPM conference led by movement practitioners in the United States. So the plan for us, because travels eased up, is we're going to actually do missionary journeys or are we are from Tampa to the West Coast, visiting cities, encouraging, strengthening, adding things to that. So we're going to do that, a West Coast tour, a Central tour, and an East Coast tour, and then hopefully being able to connect with other practitioners doing that in the fall in Varanasi, India, with uh, people from the United States, Africa, and India together to model in physical space, physical with one another, connecting, communicating, collaborating, and loving unity as disciples and churches. So that's sort of me vomiting everything else out that you asked for, Roger. That's, that's good. Yeah. And the, wow. yeah, that's the, movements, the movements conference is for anyone, right? Anyone. Every, we're casting right? a large net for that. So the city to city is really for us as like intimate relational um, together. Um, but the national one is for everyone, everywhere for us to model basically the things that you talked about in Savannah talked about so eloquently how do we we mix that all up together man 
That's great. I, I think, you know, the new version of the podcast, if that's what we're going to call it, you know, just I think I think the energy because we will be able to be together at some of those times of recording, which brings new energy and and just uh, taking away the, uh, you know, having to do it online like this, uh, which I think is exciting. I think for us as an organization, we're going to try to continue what the four of us are trying to model. You know, here we got four different organizations who want to work together to see his name shouted from the rooftops. And the most exciting thing about serving the Lord over the last five years, I think, is the way that mm-hmm. organizations are coming together to do that. There's no turf wars. And and really relying on people's information and sharing of information to see where we have to run to and where we have to run towards the danger to make sure that people have the opportunity to hear the gospel for the very first time. And those are the things that we're going to be focusing on as well as uh, technology. I think the the pandemic over the last couple of years has obviously just continued to uh, show us the the importance of technology and how to move forward using it in ways that uh, people can get the most out of it. And then one last thing for us is we're, we're really trying to position not only our organization, but the opportunity for other organizations in a culture, you know, right now where people are trying to turn against ministries. And governments are trying to turn against ministries that we would have that same opportunity moving forward, despite the direction the culture is going and what that looks like. And there's a whole lot of people that are a lot smarter than I am that are putting Amen. some things together. That you know, for me, with, guys, so. I just got to say, I'm just weary of the whole thing and I'm just basically going to quit. No, I'm not just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Oh, no. Uh, no, I think one of the one of the bright spots for me, Roger, great question, is to see the way this is impacting by this, air quotes, uh, I, by this, I mean the, the, the life and the strategy and the, the habits and the spiritual practices of what we typically call DMM. I, I know that's a lot to put in three initials, but it's to see the way this is impacting. We recently received a grant, two different grants, in fact, for a series of people groups in South America that are people groups that are back in the Amazon that haven't been contacted by anybody from the outside. And both of those grants are paired now to the expectation of quarterly reports on how many hours are you praying for the lost? How many times did you share God's story or our story, testimony? And how many people did you invite to a group? And it's okay to share other stuff like number of church attenders, number of groups going, baptisms and all everything. That's fine. But the key emphasis is how many hours did you pray for the lost? How many times did you share God's story or your story? And how many people did you invite to a group? Now, what I love about that is it, it causes us as an organization in responding to that grant it causes us to feel good because those are all things we can control. We, we know exactly how many times we can pray for the lost because that's within our power. We know exactly how many times we can share God's story, our story. Nobody's stopping us from doing that. And we know exactly how many times we can invite people to group. That's within our scope. Although we can't will people to be baptized, we can't, we can't somehow manipulate people to want to be a part of a church and join a group we can invite them. You know, those are the leading indicators that to me lead best into the lagging indicators. Now there are tens of thousands of dollars resting on our ability 
to answer those three leading indicator questions. And I love that, that even these foundations are starting to get it and they're conditioning their grant for the next quarter, essentially, on are we doing the right stuff? And I love that as well. So we're really getting involved now in a lot of these groups. We've got 60, I'm sorry, 47 different tribes in one country, Southeast Asia, all done by front-loaded grants. We have two smaller projects in the southern cone of South America, all funded by front-loaded grants. And then it looks like a national study of one country in South America, all funded by front-loading grant, and a study and a paired project in another country in South America, Amazon, Amazonian tribes, which already have us in five tribes, but it looks like now we'll be vaulting that up to 28 tribes. And all of those are from foundations that are interested in, and I'm using the air quotes, this. They're all saying, this is conditional on you doing these simple DMM practices. So I love that. And that's definitely where we're headed uh, as an organ. Then wherever you guys go, I'm just going to try to tag along if you'll let me, you know, so. Well, that's awesome, Doug. You know, for for me, the highest priority coming up is or about six-ish, maybe maybe a week or two before make your week or two later from having twins. So, uh, you know, heavy focus on the physical multiplication <laughs> happening and praying, praying that they would uh, come to Christ and, and trust in the Lord for that too. So that, that'll be a pretty big change for me and my wife. And that's definitely top priority, but ministry priorities going forward, I, I have actively tried to not take on national or worldwide roles they don't present themselves too often, but I have, I've been really trying to for ever since I moved back to Raleigh Durham to say, man, we need to just drill down, yeah. get to multiplication here. And uh, so praise the Lord, you know, uh, last fall, we hit fourth generation disciple for the first time. Uh, so that's a disciple makes a disciple who makes a disciple who makes a disciple. And then fourth generation uh, group this year got to that. And so uh, my heavy focus is tracking that down and getting to more. Because in the end, if you have four generations of groups, you know, it could just be four groups. <laughs> so we, we need more. Multiple uh, streams. We need more. Multiple streams. Multiple streams. That's right. Yeah. And so that's hopping to towns and cities that are hour, hour and a half away. And even actually there might be one church hopping all the way from North Carolina to Tennessee. So I'm, I'm just going to be really focused heavily on leadership development. People who can do it, I can do. Uh, raise them up to shoulder height and then developing new leaders to appoint as elders both and then the apostolic leaders just the sent ones to send out to start new things and it feels a lot like chasing down what God's already doing and trying to keep up with uh, what God is doing there because all this stuff is like I talk like I got the fourth gen no God got the fourth generation because like I was I didn't even know it was happening for some of it you know the fourth generation group thing what happened is we were having a leadership training we call it a mid-level the day of, and one of our leaders who was coming was like, hey, can this girl come from, you know, like an hour and a half away? And I was like, like the day it was starting, he asked that. And it was just for leaders. So I was like, yeah, I mean, what's she doing? Like, you know, is she really putting in practice? And she, he was like, yeah, she started this group on her own and she's been a believer for like a year. And yeah, can't she come? And I was like, what are you talking about? You've never told me about this. So anyways, that was obviously God was at work even when I had no idea what was going on. So yeah, but that's going to be drilling down on that. But then second ministry priority is actually networking with like-minded individuals around the whole uh, Raleigh-Durham area because there's other people pursuing movements in various ways. And so just trying to meet up, cross-pollinate. You guys come and strengthen us. We'll help strengthen you. 
And hopefully it'll get to the point where Raleigh-Durham, it's getting close to being like a hub like Tampa, where we can invite people in for, for a time to say, hey, learn it here, then be sent back to your place and do it. So try to multiply some of those hubs. And ultimately, hopefully, there'll be hubs to send people overseas, as we have sent some people overseas, but and they're, they're running and God's, God's at work. Praise the Lord. But um, just maybe even be able to be here and see that generational multiplication. So when they go overseas, they'll have an even more complete picture of how to pursue that. And so that's kind of what I'm drilling down to. And then maybe if that happens, I'll, I'll think to travel more. <laughs> so, man, we'll I, I love that, Roger, just not to, not to step on your all, but like we have to we can grow and go. And so Curtis told me in 2015, you got to take care of your backyard. So exhortation, that's what I did. Whole year, and John can testify this. I did one trip, okay, and that's where Africa got catalyzed from. Was November of 2016, both a growing and going. But you got to have it, and you have it from your home with your wife, with disciples and churches. Now, okay, way to go! That focus and that and that emerging as disciples, churches, a church of churches at a city level that are functioning as a hubs. You're knocking the cover off the ball, man. Keep doing what you're doing you're gonna get better at it man praise the lord amen that's awesome well guys i think that's about time for us for our podcast maybe that's that's a good place to close it so just to reiterate please get in touch on on more disciples.com you know we'll we'll still meet in person we're still doing it you know so if you're listening to this as an audience just like hopefully caught the vision caught some practices caught some principles that you can apply we just go do it. You don't need us to do it, but if you want to have a maybe an ear to coach or just to even connect, please, please reach out. And just to reiterate, there's probably going to be a little bit of a gap in time with no episodes, but in the fall, we're hoping to get a batch done and then we'll be releasing those weekly or every other week um, at that time. So be on the lookout for that as well. So love all of you guys. Thank you, audience, for listening. Just thankful to the Lord for all you guys. Amen. Love you guys. God bless. How are you making more disciples? What problems have you encountered? What successes have you celebrated? What questions do you have? Share your stories with us by visiting moredisciples.com slash contact. If you're looking for next steps on growing your ability to make and multiply disciples, visit moredisciples.com to find resources, tools, and events all designed to help you make more disciples.